0: I was very pleased with the uh, last spontaneous meditation. So I'm just going to continue down that vine. Um, spontaneous meditation is when I decide to start meditating. Um, and I guess if you're hearing it, then I decide to record it. Um, and I just follow my own thoughts. You know, I just see what happens. I mean, that's what we're doing right now as well, if you, if you have not noticed um you just get on a bike and you're like all right let's see what happens let's see in which direction do we go and some of the directions must might be up we might need to pedal a little harder we might need to get off the bike and, and push it wonder how far this metaphor can stretch <laughs> like everybody's trying to so hard to be witty or to be like important or to like say something you know More and more people are just trying to say things the same way other people are saying those things, instead of just saying their own things. One might ask, why should they say their own things? Or even, why would I care if they said their own things? I guess you wouldn't. I just kind of felt like saying that. wonder if these could count as the ramblings of a madman. You know, if I like die or if I commit a crime and if anyone ever investigates, I wonder if that shit actually happens in real life. Can't really see it. I mean, it happens on TV, but it's like, we need to be something pretty big for like a law enforcement agency to dedicate, you know, hours and just people to working on this. Can you still say manpower? Or is that like a bloated term? People power? Interesting questions. So anyway, um, I mean, later people are going to ask me, like, what is the podcast about? (laughs) Or they're going to hear the podcast and still not understand what it's about. But I think that's true about life in general as well. People live their whole lives. And not only do they not get what it's about, but they don't even pause to think what it's about. So I guess, why would my podcast be anything different? If it's not a shiny light, it won't. Capture the audience's eye. That's okay. You know, I'm not judging the audience. I am not better than they are. Such is the nature of the mind. What I like is that I feel I am showing by doing rather than by talking about it. It's it's a real fun activity, very interesting activity. So I um I read I finished reading a book called uh, Buddha for Beginners by Professor Stephen T. Asma. You can find it and him online, um, and I really enjoyed reading it. It was very illuminating, very educational about uh, the origins of Buddhism, about the Buddha. Um, and I just keep finding more and more of Buddhism that I agree with, or that I find practical and useful, or just true. You know, I mean, what does the word true mean other than I agree with it? I agree it is so. Certainly something can be true without you knowing it, but it's not true to you. What is it? What is that? I mean, I could later learn it and then it would be true to me. But if I have absolutely no awareness of something, it doesn't actually exist as far as I'm concerned. Right? If it affects me indirectly, it still exists, right? It's part of my universe now. But if it never affects me in any way, there is no difference between existing and not existing. So I can't say that uh you know something is true, but I, I, but it bears no relation to me. Because what proof is there for me that this thing actually exists if it doesn't interact with me in any way at all? It's just an arbitrary thought. It's not even a logically consistent arbitrary thought because once I'm thinking about it, that is already some form of interaction. So it needs to be something I would never think about. And would never interact with me in any way. Certainly there's no point in saying something like this is true. Just by saying it it's already not part of this group because we're thinking about it. So there are no things in this group of things that I will never think about and have no interaction with me but are true. So all of truth is my perceptive you know a subjective perception. In the in the wide sense, this does not mean if I'm looking inside this room and something outside the room, it can't exist. It means th- this thing outside the room has some sort of relation to me or had some sort of relation to me. And then many people would say, and as far as physics is concerned, this is a scientific fact, right? That time isn't a real thing in the sense that we conventionally think about. You know, it's more like a dimension of like, you know, up, down, left, right, and then forward and backward in time. Um, the crazy thing is, it's not controversial, what I'm saying. It's something that scientists all know about, or, you know, like people working like this, these areas of science, because as far as we can tell, right, it's like, if we step into science and out of what is reality, um... Then within science, we know that time's a dimension you can move along, you know, if you move fast enough. I'm also not an expert on this, so I, I might be making some small mistakes. Um, but it's pretty dramatic stuff, right? Uh, this is the, the time-space continuum, you know, that you may have heard referenced. So some, for, some people hear this and they're like, yeah, duh, dude, it's like... We all, we know about this. And some people are like, no, you're not, you're not actually serious. You know, some people are like thinking this dude's just stoned. And then members of the first group can move into the second group. If they just learn it, you know, at least according to science, you know? And so these members, they, and then they look at the other group and they're like, yeah, duh, dude. But it's like a second ago, you didn't know this yourself, right? So we all think we're enlightened and, and educated and, and wise. And we look at the others who are so, you know, in the darkness. But we were also in the darkness. And when we were in the darkness, we did not realize we're in the darkness. Just like we don't realize it right now. Just like right now, we do not realize or do not acknowledge you know, consciously and we do not embody the spirit of understanding how little we know. We act as if we've figured all this shit out. We don't have a clue what is going on. We can't even predict if it's going to rain. You know, Our trains can't arrive on time. We have Facebook. We have like... You know, iPhones, that's pretty cool. But it is not a candle to what is existence sort of knowledge. What is time? What is life and death and consciousness? We're just, we're not on, you know, we're at the kitty table. And it's okay. There's nothing to feel bad about. It's not like anybody else knows more than we do. Or maybe they do. Who knows, right? We can't, we don't, we don't know. But there's nothing to feel bad about. It's totally fine. It's just We can just admit it to ourselves. It's like, hey, we don't have a clue what we're doing here. Not at the individual level and certainly not at the collective level. You know, it's all we can do to keep ourselves from killing each other and destroying the world. We certainly do not know the answer to life, the universe, and everything. And we would all be, we would everything would be better if we could admit this. Well, I, I haven't even spoken about this tremendous book, but uh, I mean, the book is basically an ode or description of Buddhism, and I can definitely speak to Buddhism. Um, wondering if I should like get into the details. One of the problems with discussing topics like these is that everybody's nitpicking, right? It's like a history contest. Like, do you know, you know, this rule or do you, are you getting it right sort of thing? And it's like, that's not what this is about. You know, it's it's not a competition and it's not a quiz where you're trying to be accurate. It's just check this out, dude, you know, sort of thing. It's just a, hey, there's, you should know this too. You know, this might help you along the way. Uh, Buddhism, the most important thing I can say about Buddhism is um, the attention, the practical attention to the mental origins of suffering. And this suffering is essentially based on our craving, right? We always want things. Um, We're always wanting. There is never... In in most of our lives, it is literally every single moment is is wanting the next thing. Right? And this is terrible because it leads to a life of dissatisfaction, like a literal life of not in, in the objective sense of not having more than your neighbor, in the subjective sense of always being wanting something else, something next interest and you know interest and fun and money and satisfaction and warmth and food and company and variety just every day something new every moment something new and this leads us to essentially suffering you know because some of the time you can't get what you crave uh, some some might go as far as to say all of the time you cannot get what you crave I mean, I would say that you can get it in a, you know, in a tactical sense. You can reach out and take the hamburger that you want. This hamburger will not satisfy you for very long before you have to do something else. How long are you going to sit there just being all full? Not long. Maybe if there's a friend there, but then you've moved from the eating to the talking to the friend. You know, this is, I mean... I'm not going to try to convince you guys of Buddhism. I'm just suggesting to look into it. Um, and I will be talking about these topics. I have already been talking about these topics for years. I will continue to do so. I suggest that you listen to me. And um, unrelated to me, you should. I would recommend looking into Buddhism if you're interested in this kind of stuff. Or if you ever feel dissatisfied, which I would imagine is all of you. And that sounds kind of high and mighty, um, but I believe it to be the case. Buddha also believed it to be the case. So, there. (laughs) Um, So the book talks about the history, talks about Buddha. Um, So another thing I've I've been noticing is that not everyone realizes that Buddha was a man. It was just a dude, right? He was like a famous and very smart dude from a royal family. But he was a human, you know, in the flesh. This is a phrase I've been using recently a lot, saying just a dude to convey how all of us and all the characters we've heard about in history and everything, everyone we imagine to be something else, just regular chumps like us going through their day. Trying to make shit happen. So Buddha was just a dude. And he walked around and he saw what was going around him. And he thought about it a lot. And then he started telling people around him. was like, hey, you know, I've noticed this and this. You should really, like, don't do this. Like, try to just, like, avoid getting so attached to stuff. Okay, it's really getting, like, hurt by this all the time. Right, He wasn't a mystic figure, necessarily, in his own teachings. He was just a dude who noticed stuff and talked about it. And what he said resonated with people, and then later, you know, the whole you know, religion. Things have a path of their own. But at the moment, when he was talking to people, he, he was not foreseeing the future and knowing that he would be remembered as the Buddha and all this. He was just talking to people. He was just like, hey, dude. Check it out, you know. If you stop wanting to be like you know, stop wanting things all the time, you will be less bummed out when you don't get them. No, just lower your expectations. Everything's okay right now. You don't need more. What you have is enough. Hmm. This is all a, a giant disservice historically and whatever. But I'm just trying to make it a point that we should listen to our own words in the same way that we listened, li- that we're listening to buddha's words all right there are people amongst us who are saying this stuff and they're saying it in our words and they're saying it in our world and it's it's adopted to, to our life and also adopted to the other wisdom that we've picked up over the years you know buddhism isn't the only thing that matters or that could make you happy and well as a side note here you may have noticed this philosophical sidestep that i took from within buddhism to outside of buddhism right so then if you want to, if you're going to mix narratives, if you're going to mix religions, how do you decide in what way do you mix them? What percentage does each one get or which aspects does each one get? What is the narrative that decides what narratives you're going to use? What is the bottom level narrative and who chooses that? And is it a good idea? Why? Why? right so this this spiritual sort of dance or or sailing of a ship trying to figure out what tools you're going to use to figure out what to do you know this this is a spiritual journey where you are ex, you know experiencing and learning and practicing various North stars, and trying to decide which one of them is going to be the North Star. Maybe that's a bad metaphor, it can't have multiple North Stars. But if you need to choose whether you want, you're going to be living your life by Buddhist tradition, for example, or you know, worldview, or by Jewish, um, if you're going to live a Buddhist life or a Jewish life, th- th- this is a weighty decision to make, right. Maybe, I don't want to necessarily make the case about Buddhism, but let's use the assumption that each one of these says, you can only be mine, you can't be both. Right, then how do you choose? Maybe you decide for yourself, you know what, I can be both. That's what I personally am doing right now. But this decision to give each one, say, arbitrarily 50%, how would you make this choice? What is the lifestyle that decides the decisions about the lifestyles? Why, for example, would it be 50% Judaism and 50% Buddhism or anything else? Why? What is the justification for this? Why not 80 20? Why not 90 10? Is it arbitrary? Do we just use the, because there's, you know, Do we just divide it equally? Where does this symmetry come from? Is this from Marx? Maybe. Is this from just math, you know, just some, some sort of natural phenomenon for things to distribute equally? But there are certainly other options I'm not considering. I'm also a man. I'm also a software engineer. Any one of these could be narrative, could be the driving force. So now we've listed four or five categories. Will we do 20-25% each of those? Or are some of these. Lesser narratives. I mean, I certainly you know spend many hours a day practicing engineering software a lot more than I practice uh, Buddhism or Judaism. although that is a you know that is an arguable claim. One might say I'm uh, I practice Buddhism Judaism just in my everyday life. Certainly arguable, but in both directions. This has been a very good, just spontaneous podcast so far. Um, I really enjoyed like feeling the flow of the thoughts and, uh, just recording my theories about, you know, Buddhism, about how we should listen to messages about how to live life, how we should talk about it. Um, and about how to observe the narrative that observes the other narratives and how to choose the narrative which chooses the other narratives and chooses itself, essentially. It's a scary thought. It's a scary realization. It's not a thought. It's a scary reminder of how we don't control anything about ourselves. We don't control where we're born or our body or our thoughts and we do not control the spiritual path we go down because how could you choose what to choose? You can't. And this is why people who are born to Christians are usually Christians. And people who are born to Jews are usually Jews. And people who are born, you know, to Shinto family probably be Shinto because you grow up and you were taught pee in the toilet, don't stick your finger in the electric socket, worship this religion. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. Not even worship, just live by these codes and this is what it's called. And you're like, all right, I guess that's what I am. And then unless you stop to think about it, you're going to stay this for the rest of your life. Likely, you know, your surroundings are this way as well. So, it doesn't really go challenged too much unless you go fucking traveling at least and just see that other people live differently. You know, see not on a TV screen. See like be part of their life and see that things could be different than what you're used to. And it's not better or worse. It's just different. And this makes you see that the way you've been living is not better. It's just a way amongst the many ways that other monkeys have their life go by, you know, Yeah. All right. um, I think I'm going to go out, get some sun. This has uh, been another good podcast. I I hope people will relate to these meditations and um, can help them in their own spiritual journeys. All right, guys. um, Let's be in touch soon.